up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice. Rob and Pete show up for the Friday and Saturday slates. What gives with Taylor Hall? And who from Dallas is worth buying low on? Best bets, value plays, and DFS advice is next on the Friday program. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you on this program, Fantasy on Ice. Jensen Reese, Bender in the house, talking Friday and Saturday slate and recapping a crazy night last night, Rob. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to all the listeners out there. Hope you guys have some fun weekend plans. And for us, it'll be business as per usual. So anything noticeable last night, boys? Yeah, it was one of my worst uh, betting picks nights of the season. Thankfully, I don't actually bet because we can't. But uh, yeah, I had been rolling this past seven days, but this last one was uh, pretty brutal. A lot of one goal losses. It was actually a fun night to watch pucks because like a lot of games went to overtime. I was switching between a bunch of them. But yeah, it's how the cookie crumbles so far. Never get too confident in hockey betting. Few things caught my eye, one being David Satriano's performance in the FanDuel contest. Robbie, where did he land? I mean, he he had a rough night. Davy Satriano, <laughs> not in the building, otherwise he would be here on the program, but we have to talk about his putrid performance. 467 out of 476. Might as well be dead last. Might as well be dead last. That is not how you represent the National Hockey League. That is not how you represent NHL Fantasy on Ice, David Satriano. I know he's got you know, Nashville mm-hmm. on his mind, but I'm going to send him a few texts, give him a hard time. The listeners are upset. They must be. I'm upset. His Brian Elliott pick was garbage. <laughs> he had a rough night. It's like when you you mail in your final exam, like right before summer vacation, right, where you you, you know you only got a day or two left before uh, all the fun. So Yeah, he mailed it in. He must have mailed, he it, mailed in. it in. <laughs> he but mailed it in. I will say one thing to take away, one thing to spin it forward here is the strategy of stacking three teams is probably not ideal I think if you can get it down to two teams that way I finished point one point away from the money last night and I had two stacks with two teams one 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 loss so I was still right there in the contest I think if you spread it out to three and all those teams lose there's no way you're going to finish even close to the top and that goalie decision for you paid off well you steered away from Montreal right and the rookie yeah. and he ended up starting but you did Georgiev and he was awesome he had a shutout a couple of weeks a couple of games ago against the Devils too one team I need to hammer on right now, seems like we've been hammering them all since the start of the season, but the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah, with a putrid performance last night against the Minnesota Wild. I don't understand how the Minnesota Wild score <laughs> five goals on mm-hmm. 20-some-odd shots. The Lightning get outscored by the Wild, and by the way, the Lightning tied at three within 30 seconds. The Wild go up 4-3. Mm-hmm. The Lightning tied at four within 30 seconds. The Wild take the lead 5-4. Kucherov seems like he's completely disinterested in the mm-hmm. sport right now. He huh. seems like he's frustrated. He seems like that attitude is trickling down to the team. I'm so down mm-hmm. on the Tampa Bay Lightning after last night. I would say two things right now that I'm worried about. Number one is Vasilevsky. His save percentage is just north of 900. When you look at their decor on paper, it does look pretty good. When you watch them play, it doesn't look good. And this has been a problem for them, let's be honest about this, in the playoffs year in and year out for the past four or five years now. So this might be reality. Now, the second thing I'm worried about is Nick Kucherov. He did sign the big contract. Maybe, you know, is there implication there that it might not be a full investment anymore? I just, from a regular season standpoint, this is just a polarizing team because you saw what happened last year. 
human nature is to not care as much about the regular season. And I think you see that sometimes on a shift-to-shift basis. You don't see uh, the defensive responsibility. You don't see uh, the crisp, uh, you know, attention to detail on the goaltending. And one of our buddies in the office was saying uh, he drafted Vasilevsky fourth overall Mm -hmm. in our points, wins, shutouts only league. And he's got, I mean, other than a couple of wins here and there, he has like the same value as Mackenzie Blackwood right now, who is a complete non-fantasy relevant player. So that tells it all. It all starts with Vasilevsky last night. I mean, he was bad, but... You can't let the wild come into your building, especially I thought they played really well against Nashville. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that was a nice, complete performance. They They got the win. They got the Minnesota wild coming to town. Granted, they've been playing well. You can't let up five goals to the Minnesota wild. And by the way, the way they let up the goals, Mm -hmm. they tie it up and then they give it right back. I'm so down on the lightning right now. (laughs) I am am so down on them. Not to get too deep here. One thing before we move on that I'll throw out is – there any appeal in maybe trying to trade one of those guys off of your fantasy team or would you rather stand pat i think you got to hang on to him i actually saw a crazy trade offer that like someone i guess got an offer for um to try to they could get vasilevsky for kemper which is just like that blows my mind but like kemper's been so much better i wouldn't do it i don't think i would do it either <laughs> even crazy? though i think we have vasilevsky yeah. ranked ahead in the last rankings but yeah, that trade offer blew my mind. That really shows uh, how things have changed, I think. So moving ahead here to the Friday night games, we have the Blackhawks, who it was a nice little storyline last night out of the blue at like 5 p.m. It was reported that Dylan Strome was going to return to the lineup. He did give them a boost. I'm not going to lie. I watched a lot of that game. And they, you know what? They put a good quality effort on. I know the Bruins came back late, but it is the Bruins. So credit to the Hawks for the nice win in OT there. And they do face the Devils tonight. So is it pretty clear where we're leaning there? It's tough because I'm leaning certain ways on this slate, but then you look at um, the back-to-back factor. Like Chicago's on a back-to-back, the Devils are due for a win. Coyotes are on the back-to-back, but the Penguins are dangerous any given night. So clearly, uh, yeah, Chicago, great story. I I loved how Bobby was uh, getting on the live line. He was talking about the live line with the Bruins, and they came back from 3-0 down in the third period. Crazy. I I texted you boys. Bruins down 3 nothing going into the third period. In fact, David Satriano, oh, are we still in love with the Bruins right now? <laughs> no hesitation from my part. No I said, karma there too, by the way, Davey. Uh, right, Davey, I mean, come on. I said right away, take the Bruins <laughs> on the live line because I knew they at least, listen, they didn't win the game, but they had a shot, and they were at plus 400 down 3 nothing mm-hmm. because, first of all, they've been dominating third periods. Second of all, they're at home. Third of all, they haven't lost a game. They got the pixie dust going, so I, I like the value on it, so I texted the boys, mm-hmm. and... Listen, it was a tie game, and they lose in overtime, so so be it. It was plus 400. And you know what? If Patrice Bergeron's healthy, if they put him out there to start that OT, they're winning that game. That's the one loss that really kind of goes back to Patrice Bergeron. If he's out there, defensive, responsible forward, they win that game. Is there anything worse, by the way, when you, you gamble on a game and you lose it in overtime? Oh, it's like you get just struck in the heart, you know? I wish there was a way... Certain sites, I think, have it where you can just bet in regulation, just eliminate overtime altogether because... It's better that way. Yeah, it's a total crapshoot once you get to overtime. Yeah, because sometimes the teams you even feel like treated as a consolation. Like if you came back from a from a 3 nothing deficit in the third period, you're like, all right, we gained a point. We we had a terrible game against a terrible team. We still gained a point. It doesn't work that way for gambling, unfortunately. So going back to the slate here tonight, Montreal is in New York facing the Rangers, both teams on the second of a back-to-back. These games, every time they're at Madison Square Garden between these two teams, do tend to be low scoring. So look for the under in this game this evening. 
I like it. I, I like Lundquist to get the win for you. I think uh, the fact that both are on the back-to-back price hasn't been playing well, so I don't have a ton of trust on in him, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. And Panarin is playing with some amazing confidence right now. After what happened yesterday, I think they keep it rolling here. Rangers got something special brewing, I think, for sure. I hear you. And it was nice, I think, with Zibanejad back. We were talking, you and I, Pete, about their three top lines. Very solid. I mean, for a top nine like that in a technical rebuild, I love what they're putting out on the ice. And how about we got Brendan Lemieux in the top 200 rankings and he scored a goal. That was one of my best picks of the night. It was like a bargain bin uh, player and you could keep rolling with him. Georgiev was great for Rob, like we mentioned. So maybe Lundqvist uh, tries to match that in this game against the Habs. As the Rangers looking for a playoff position, they're not too far away. I like the little goalie tandem that the Rangers are throwing out there. Gorgiev has been good. Lundqvist mm-hmm. has had his moments where he's just been incredible. And uh, if they get good goaltending and they get the scoring that they're getting, they're a tough team to beat. Very tough. And also, too, another great storyline here, the Phil Kessel saga. He did break out on Thursday night against the Flyers with two goals, quote-unquote, break out, you know, for what it's worth. One empty netter, but still, one, right? Phil needed it. You know, you need you, that, that always helps. So he goes back to his former team, Pittsburgh, tonight. This should be a nice storyline. Again, I agree with you, Pete. I think it's hard to get a pulse on this one because Arizona just played and Pittsburgh is so banged up. But I think this is, it's not a Davy watch game because I'm probably not, I have really no interest in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. But <laughs> I think overall, if you're playing DFS tonight, you got to get Phil Kessel back in the lineup. The Coyotes are road warriors this year, 10-3-3. And, mm-hmm. and they're, we were talking about it in an earlier show. They're really good against the spread this season. So like people count them out, uh, especially with a narrative like this of Kessel. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Coyotes got the win. Oh. But Tristan Jari's playing really well if he gets the start for Pittsburgh. So we got to mention that. And Connor Garland yesterday, great pick by Rob oh, yeah, Reese. Yeah. Holy moly! That was the that we think that was the low ownership play that almost had me cash last night. So shout out Connor Garland, thirty seven hundred dollars. The guy's got like five shots a game over his past <laughs> five games. So get him in the lineup too. Very underrated. Do you think uh, Tristan Jari? We mentioned him last show, but does he usurp? Matt Murray when it's all said and done this season. Matt Murray's been a disappointment for a couple of seasons now. Wouldn't be surprised if they made that more of a timeshare for good. Well, it was funny because on the network two weeks ago, I said pick up Tristan Jari, just thinking that he'd, he'd be due for a couple more starts. He was playing well. Okay, now we're in a conversation where it's like, is he going to challenge for the starter job? I don't think so. You know, we've seen this with the Penguins before. Matt Murray does go on these slides. It's kind of a yearly thing, unfortunate for the Pens because they are banged up offensively. But I think Matt Murray is the guy. Eventually, it'll revert back to normal. If you are a Matt Murray owner, you do need to handcuff him with Tristan Jari. And fantasy owners shouldn't forget it. Like if you have Murray and you're thinking about dropping him, like think about, think back to October when Malkin was out mm. and Crosby was, do, I mean, Crosby was the MVP of the Penguins and Murray was like the second, like the runner right. up MVP. So Murray was valuable. His save percentage on the year looks like garbage, but I think he'll turn it around eventually. Don't yeah. drop Matt Murray. If this was an injury concern for Matt Murray, if he had a nagging injury, this would be a different story, but there's always going to be ebb and flow in fantasy every single year. You've got to ride patience especially with guys you drafted in round six or earlier uh back to chicago who we talked about they're on the second of a back-to-back at the devils if the devils are due for a win nico he has to be the guy that you tap into in dfs right he's been doing it for over a month now even through all the this chaos he's been great i don't have a lot of interest in this game either honestly a very unappealing it's probably going to be pretty boring to watch unless pat kane pops off so <laughs> hope for that blackhawks fans but really truthfully i think this is a nice statement game 
for the Devils, new coach, a day to make adjustments. I know it's not a lot of time or two days to make adjustments. They need to put a different product on the ice tonight. I agree with Robbie. Statement game, Blackhawks off the uh, back-to-back Bruins tough game. I don't know if I would lay the lettuce on the Devils, but I do think they find a way to win. And as far as the entire slate goes tonight, folks, it's not that good. I mean, as far as the value, Mm -hmm. as far as, as Pete mentioned, these back-to-back scenarios, tough to get a read. Maybe a night where you just take off, watch, see what happens, get ready to roll for Saturday, and we'll get to those games in a moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in general, though, with the way the the Devils have played and their season going off the rails, I mean, Chicago is underdogs on the road. That seems just strange to me. Fishy. I liked how... uh, Taves got rolling. That was a big confidence boost to him, the overtime goal. Dylan Strom, I was looking, actually, 70 points in 82 games with the Blackhawks. So Dylan Strom, maybe we consider a 70-point player as a result of that, right? We'll see. I think they have a lot of team concerns, though. So Blackhawks, I think it could be a statement game for them too, Bob. And then last thing I'll say about the slate tonight, Verona and Oshie are forming great chemistry on Mm -hmm. the Caps' second line. These guys are both putting up serious points. Verona's on pace for 70-plus and 40 goals. So you got to look at that player now as a serious threat in DFS every time they suit up. And great stat by our boy Mike Kelly on the network the other day. Jacob Verona, second in the NHL, second most, even straight strength goals behind two superstars, Brad Marsh and, and Leon Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. So uh, the even strength production is there. It doesn't have an enormous power play role, but it doesn't matter. J- Jacob Vron is top 100 overall player, and I have him in one of my leagues. He's been carrying Nice. Me. And normally, you know, you would expect a bit of a letdown from the Capitals. They're going to sweep this West Coast trip if they beat Anaheim. You can't bet against the Capitals. I said it yesterday. You can't Mm -hmm. do it. They're rolling. They only have to play, as Rob loves to say, one period to win the game. And uh, they're they're living a charmed life right now. They're winning every single game. They're getting production every which way. Can't take the Ducks here. And no Nicholas Backstrom for the past, like, seven games now, which is just crazy. They're still winning. And Johnny Norris is on pace for 100-plus points, which Hmm. as a defenseman is absurd. I hope he keeps it up just for our sake, Pete, so we can keep him in the top 10 of our top 200 ranks all year long. Yeah, he's up to number 7 right behind Ovi. Who would have thought? That's crazy, Who would have thought, man? But, yeah, Johnny, just give him the trophy right now. (laughs) Not to jinx the guy, but (laughs) he has been, like, the single most impressive player based on – ADP, For if sure. you consider you got him in the third or fourth round, is pretty insane. We were discussing this on uh, NHL at the rink. Is he an all-star captain, or do you give it to Ovechkin? Well, Ovechkin never shows. He never, never shows the all-star. Good point. Right. I mean, and I, that's I love Ovi. You know that, but like he doesn't come to these events, so I would give, give him, it to Johnny Norris. Yeah, I, I think like yeah, I think Johnny Norris idea. deserves it. I think Johnny Norris uh, will show up, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> he honestly has been. He's been. He's been great, so yeah. he deserves to be a captain. What about uh, what's going on before we get to the Saturday mm-hmm. slate? What's going on with the Edmonton captain and his line mates? Because Drysaddle, I guess, is playing on a separate line now. My goodness, and Nugent Hopkins still out of the lineup, and Cassian. They got nothing going outside of those two guys. The injuries expose this team for who they really are beneath the surface. It's unfortunate because I think all three of us can agree wholeheartedly they need to be in the playoffs for the NHL's sake. I mean, watching McDavid and Drysaddle in the playoffs playing close to 30 minutes a game would be a treat for just even a casual fan. I mean, they've shown in the regular season who else in their right mind plays 25 to 30 minutes as a forward in the mm-hmm. regular season game. I mean, that's what Drysaddle and McDavid are capable of any given night. And, yeah, it's a shame that they don't have a better team around them because then you'd be talking about these guys carrying the load en route to a championship berth at least. Yeah. I, I want to watch the Oilers in the finals one day 
But uh, with how the Chiarelli regime went, it might not happen for a while, unfortunately. And think about the trickle-down effect here in DFS. You can no longer stack Drysaddle and McDavid if they're on separate lines. It just doesn't make sense to do that yeah. anymore. And the Edmonton building in the playoffs, as we saw a couple years ago, when we all thought this Edmonton team was rising to the top, mm-hmm. it's an incredible atmosphere. Completely agree with Peter. Edmonton, McDavid, Drysaddle, great for the league if they're in the playoffs. I think they'll be able to sneak their way in this year. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, they have been exposed. And these players playing these big minutes, I don't even know if that'll work in the playoffs. Before we move to the Saturday slate, real quick, DFS lineups for a Friday, a Friday. All right, I've got Vrana and Oshie. I've got Kessel. So a lot of good wing-heavy play tonight for center. I'm going cheaper option with Nico Heischer. He's good value. I mean, yeah, I don't for sure. I don't know who's setting these prices, but get Nico in there <laughs> until uh, he can stop taking advantage of that. For the Rangers, I like a little bit of center appeal for Villapito on the third line there. Again, it's more of an off-the-cuff play. I'm just kind of banking on both teams being tired after a back-to-back. Defenseman this evening, give me some Drew Doughty night in and night out. And then my cheap option, I'm going Ethan Bear of the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, nice, nice. I got Kyle Palmieri. I'll tap into the uh, top six for the Devils in a game they could win. Definitely have Dylan Strom after what I saw uh, on Thursday night, I have Hank Lundquist, like I said. Uh, what the hell? I'll go Brendan Lemieux again. Yeah. I like the way he's playing uh, on both ends of the ice and uh, rounding out the Rangers' top six, which looks really dangerous right now. Uh, Christian Dvorak's playing well. Maybe he's my number two center uh, behind Dylan Strom uh, for much cheap. And then, uh, yeah, on defense, I mean, I think uh, you just got to spend up for John Carlson. Yeah. The guy's going to pound the Anaheim Ducks. I I, hate, I always jinx these teams when I say there there's no way they're going to lose, but I would be very, very surprised if they lost to the Anaheim Ducks. And I was going to say I didn't say a goalie yet. There hasn't been many confirmed this evening, but if I were to take a cheap goalie because my line is pretty heavy, mm-hmm. I would say look at Mackenzie Blackwood if he's starting for the Devils. And, again, I don't like the board tonight, but I think Carey Price is in net for the Canadians, right? Mm-hmm. Lundquist is in net for the Rangers. Robbie brought it up. I know it may be tough to do on the surface, but I do like the under six and a half tonight at oh, MSG. Sure. I think we might get a goalie showcase and Lundqvist trying to match what Gorgiev did last night and get mm-hmm. the Rangers a win. I like the under with the two goalies in that. That's a three to two game for sure. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> and out of those two teams that I was zeroing in on, Chicago at the Devils, Coyotes at the Penguins, I think the more I think about it, I'm leaning towards the Coyotes at Pittsburgh. Kessel storyline, great, great road team, maybe the best in the league. And it's just a team that everybody in the league constantly overlooks and underestimates. The Arizona Coyotes are leading the Pacific Division in December on this Friday morning. We'll get to the Saturday slate unless, Robbie, you have anything I for have Friday? I one, have one comment on that. Just be careful. I do have Phil Kessel in my lineup, but I would not take the Coyotes outright just because Malkin has a personal vendetta against this player alone. You <laughs> have to be – when Malkin gets up for a game, it can be a scary mm-hmm. sight. That's true. Good That's point. true. Um, just for the record, the lines are not out for Saturday, so we always have to do this on Friday. So pay attention to the lines when they come out, probably later this evening or after the Friday games wrap up. But we're we're gonna go blind. We're gonna play pretend, and we're gonna, you know, have some uh, DFS plays and some best bets for Saturday. But keep in mind the lines are not out. And 
feel free to send like me and Rob like a DM mm-hmm. if you're betting. I mean, we get mostly fantasy questions, but send us a DM. If something happens like the Bruins Hawks where a guy comes back at the last minute and your pulse changes on a game and you want our input, just hit us up. I mean, one of us will get back to you. Great fantasy tip here. Kata Hot at home has a great home record this season. Only two losses all season playing above a 930, but on the road, he can't win a game. Luckily for them, they're playing Ottawa at home on Saturday. So, caught a hot season-long owners. You can start him, but just be careful when they go back to the road, fade him. I like the uh, Irish accent, Robbie. But, yeah, we got Carter Hart, I think, is a hammer job against the— I, I can't believe that he that he didn't play on Thursday against the Coyotes. I was surprised by that also. And David Satriano, I already mentioned that the Brian Elliott pick was garbage. <laughs> I mean, flat-out garbage. I didn't know what I was going to stop the program because I didn't know what he was saying. I, he you ever hear Kevin Hayes before yeah, the game? That's, that's no, 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 no. That's what they call him in the locker room. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I didn't uh, pick maybe up on it's that. a Boston. I guess technically it's an it's Irish accent, but it's a Boston, Boston accent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I also saw that video of Kevin Hayes on the bench where he's, uh, I used to ref. I yeah. used to ref. I it love great. it. Kevin Hayes is a character. Good locker room in Philly there, it seems. Seems like a good locker room. You're 100% right. Good mix of young and old, and, and they're playing well, and the, the head coach obviously has made all the difference there. No doubt. And for Saturday's slate as well, we got the Sabres at the Canucks. The Sabres are uh, maddening to watch. I mean, their power play went into I mentioned they were in a bad slump. They broke through the other day against the Devils. Then they went one for eight on the power play against Calgary. And they were 0 for 7. They got a garbage goal at the end to cut it to a one-goal deficit. But that's Sabres' power play. It's crazy because years past, that's been their strong point. Now they have a better overall team, and now the power play can't score. I just don't understand it. This is a great spot for Vancouver on Saturday. Look for PD and Co. to put up some nice points on the Sabres and bury them on that Western uh, road trip. JT Miller's been great too, 29 and 29. I think he was a preseason sleeper of yours or yeah. ours. He yep. was... Uh, He's been money for sure. Do you sell high on JT Miller? No, of course not. Category coverage machine. Hits, hits, hits. As we all know, the Saturday slate is always some great matchups. This week, notwithstanding, I mean, Toronto-St. Louis, incredible matchup. Colorado-Boston, incredible matchup. I mean, up and down, we take a look. Uh, Some nice games on Saturday. Get your nice little hot cocoa, Mm -hmm. hot toddy, and enjoy the pucks. It's funny. I had two DWGs on my notes here, Toronto, St. Louis, and Colorado, Boston. So, you know, for DFS value, I'd love to be cherry-picking McKinnon and co., but holy moly, I just Mm want to watch those games. When I have, you know, a DFS lineup with good games, I don't watch them the same way because I'm literally just rooting for one player in the whole game. It takes away from the entire fun of it. It's true. My two DWGs, I, one is the same as yours, Abs, Bruins. I also like Sharks at Lightning, two teams that we can't really get a pulse on. I just want to watch that game and see how it plays out. I like wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks pulled it off on the road because the bolts are really vulnerable mm-hmm. right now. I just want to sit back and kick back and watch that one. One thing I want to throw out here is Gabe Landeskog now back for the Avalanche. Solid win over the Habs on Thursday night. What does mm-hmm. this mean fantasy-wise for that team moving forward? Well, it's we still haven't seen the full lineup because it's funny, like Landeskog and Burakovsky came back, but then Kadri was out. So Kadri will fill in where, where uh, JT Comfer was playing. But for now, at least, it was uh, Donskoy with McKinnon and Rantanen. So at least they're sticking with that hot hand for a little while. Donskoy did nothing from my fantasy team yesterday, but Landeskog was with Comfer uh, on the second line for what it's worth, and Burakovsky. And I think we're all in agreement that Taylor Hall will be traded by the end of the season. I'd be shocked if he is not traded. Mm-hmm. 
I can't get it out of my mind. Taylor Hall to the Colorado Avalanche, round out that top six, get the offense going up and down, go for it, Colorado. You got the prospects, you got the cash, you can sign them long term. Oh, can you imagine Taylor Hall on that team? Well, here's a potential fantasy trade. Give him a center. Give him a center that actually can can play center that isn't you know 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Twitter thing here, Brett Brophy on Twitter DM me. Should I be tempted by this Colorado Taylor Hall rumor? I would have to give up Svechnikov or Evander Kane to land Taylor Hall. Would you do it, Pete? Either one of those deals. I would give up Evander Kane. I think mm-hmm. he started hot. He's when Evander Kane is rolling. He's like one of the most valuable players in the league, but putting it together for an entire season has been an issue for this guy for his entire career. I would not sell high on Svechnikov. I would sell high on Evander Kane. You can't, like I said, with the Sharks. I mean, like one night the hurdle line is amazing. The other night uh, the Couture line is amazing. Sometimes their depth guys get going. Like Sorensen's had a couple mm-hmm. of. Uh, three, four points this week. So you can't really get a pulse on them. I would trade Kane. Okay, but let's say that you do make that move now because you have to make it now. I mean, if this trade happens in like a month, you're not going to be able to make the move, especially if the rumors start to fly a little Mm -hmm. bit more. What happens if the Devils hold on to Taylor Hall and you've made that deal? How do you feel? I mean, I don't think there's any way that's going to happen, to be honest. So that's my thoughts (laughs) on it. I I just don't (laughs) understand. There's no, I don't know. It's not like the Tavares Islanders thing where they hold on to him and he seems like he's the captain, he's the locker room guy. I don't get the vibe from Taylor Hall. No offense, Taylor Hall. You're a great offensive player. I just don't Mm -hmm. get the same vibe. Yeah, I don't believe there's any shot that Ray Shiro holds on to Taylor Hall here. He will be moved. I think it's a sure thing. Almost very similar to how we felt about um, Duchesne Mm -hmm. last year. I mean, we kind of knew he was going to be moved, and he Mm -hmm. was. Same thing with Taylor Hall. They cannot hold on to Taylor Hall here. It will not happen. I love the confidence, boys. I'm with you guys on that one. Now, my game here, my team of the weekend is the Florida Panthers. They play a nice back-to-back. Saturday, they're kicking it off against the Blue Jackets. That is a good lock for Rob Reese right there. And the reason why, Florida's had a nice little rest. They had a crazy schedule to begin their year. They were playing like every night, it seemed like. Now they have a little bit of rest under their legs. I think they come out flying against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, this is the big homestand for the Panthers that N- we were talking games. about? Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. talking with uh, one of our schedule buddies about that one. Shout right? out, Nico. <laughs> but, yeah, the Panthers should get the job done here. One thing I noticed, uh, if you're if you're not big on the Panthers because of Bobrovsky's script struggles, uh, Josh Anderson has no goals on 45 shots over his past 17 games. He was a fantasy beast last year, Mm -hmm. had an early season injury, clearly has been knocking at the door, but hasn't scored a goal in a long time, over a month. Go Josh Anderson for really cheap. And it should be interesting, too, here with a lot of back-to-backs again Saturday. Pittsburgh in Detroit. Now, Detroit might actually have a chance in this game because I expect Pitt to play a pretty heavy game on Friday against the Yotes. Is there any appeal for home dog Detroit Red Wings on Saturday? It's tough, man. I dropped, uh, <laughs> I actually picked up Fiala. Uh, he was picked up in this one league uh, earlier in the week, but someone dropped him. So I dropped Fabry mm-hmm. for him. I feel like that's a toss up, but the Wild are playing really well. Looks like they're in playoff contention, shockingly. Meanwhile, the Red Wings. Uh, the only thing you can talk about storyline-wise is number one pick because Mantha's right. out, Larkin's in the tank, Fabry's scoring, but still like minus 12 over his past mm-hmm. few games. Brutal. Forget about the Red Wings. The Minnesota Wild, <laughs> can we tip our cap to Bruce Boudreau? Finally, this guy seems like he's getting a few bounces. I don't know if this wild run here is fortunate or luck. I mean, I can't believe Parisi is having the season that he's having. I thought he was absolutely toast. Uh, so, But it's nice to see Boudreau. It seems like 
for the last decade, I've seen bad things happen to Bruce Boudreau. Mm -hmm. Finally, and I thought for sure he might be the first guy fired considering the GM situation. Mm -hmm. Billy Guerin is stuck with him. He's been patient. He's sort of surveying the situation, as he said. He was going to take a listen to the interview. We had him on NHL at the rink. We also had him on with Deb Placey with NHL Executive Suite. Two different interviews. I love Bill Guerin. Nice to see Bruce Boudreau. Some, some things going well for him for a change. Well, we've been talking about the Wild every single show now because we can't get over the fact that they're doing this. It's like it's like you say that no one's talking about Well, We are every episode because it happens every night. They keep winning. And everybody underestimates him even more so than like what I was saying about the Coyotes. And the scary thing is like if the Wild sneak into the playoffs, like a team with just so many playoff failures over the years, like everyone's going to count them out. But the, the truth is they have a win now team. They do not have a team chock full of young players that are going to be good three, four years from now. They are veteran <laughs> heavy. Mm-hmm. They got Zuccarello in there too. Good <laughs> locker room guy. He had a multi-point game. I mean, it's just crazy. Eric Stahl. I mean, how many more veterans can you name? Ryan Suter. But these guys are playing well together right now. If they're close-knit, they're going to be a tough I, out. I can't imagine that they're going to be talking about playoffs and them actually. And I would love to see it for the storyline. Yeah. I cannot actually imagine buying playoff tickets for the Minnesota Wild. It would be something. Staylock last night, although he let up four goals, he made the saves when it counted. Mm -hmm. He's been good. Staylock's been good. It's incredible. Enough with the Wild. Enough. Enough. It's crazy. We we all understand that. We're We're all rooting for him. They're doing this without Devin Dubnik, though, who's been a good (laughs) fantasy goalie the past five years. It's worth noting. They're doing this without their top goalie. Another good bet on Saturday is the under in the Islanders-Dallas game. Both teams a little trouble for scoring here. We'll see how their goalies roll out. I'm not sure who either team will start at this point. Both options for both teams are pretty good, but I would like to get the under in this game. I have a big, uh, for someone that picked Dallas to go very far this year, I have a big question for, I guess, you and just the stars in general, like this Radulov situation, like healthy scratching him. I know they won the game for Bobby and, you know, Pavelski scored. People are thinking about dropping Pavelski. Uh, hang tight with Dallas, but if you have Radulov right now, I really don't know what to tell you. Well, I'm worried. It's it's a bizarre situation to scratch a guy that's played 500 games in his career. He's pretty much one of their leading scorers, if not their leading goal scorer, just based on consistency. So I don't know. It's hard for me to make up what that is. I'm sure you know the message has been sent, but it could backfire. I mean, can you really go in your locker room and say, I'm fielding the best roster when Radulov is sitting up in the press box? No, that's that's uh, borderline stubborn, I think. But, yeah, Radulov uh, is not a defensive player. I mean, we know that, but he's a high-caliber offensive player. Right now, if you do a trade offer in fantasy for Alexander Radulov, you could probably get him for dirt cheap. So that's maybe the only fantasy spin that I would put on this. Do the trade yes. offer today yes. before he plays the Islanders and maybe busts <laughs> out in a bounce back. I love that. That would actually be a great trade, and that's a total fantasy shark move there. And uh, One last thing here I want to bring up for the Saturday boys that's interest to me. Matthew Kachuk squaring off against Drew Doughty in the late game. These are total classics. Drew Doughty gets up, the Kings get up, and the Flames get up. I like Chucky for the edge there. Give the home edge to Calgary in that game. It's crazy though. I was looking like the first two games in the season series like the Kings won. Yeah. Doughty hasn't had a point in six games, but like you can almost guarantee he's going to have even on what they're going to be on second of back-to-back mm-hmm. the Kings on the road. Doughty'll get you a point again. I mean, he has too much pride to go down without a fight against Chucky. A literal fight. Yeah, right. They'll <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna happen one of these days, yeah. right? Let's be real. Oh, they've been close to dropping the gloves both times they played this year. 
yeah, that's a good one to, to pay attention to. And, again, we don't have the lines. We don't have the totals. Mm-hmm. But there's certain games that you just kind of know what it's going to be like. It's like guess the lines and know what the total is. 100% in agreement with Robbie on the under and that Islanders-Stars game. Those two teams play the style that very conducive for the under. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is. Five and a half likely, I would imagine. But I would lean to the under in that spot. I'm looking at the Nashville Predators at home, the game that Davey's going to be at against Subban, against mm-hmm. the Devils. They'll be on the second of a back-to-back. They might win, like we said they might, against Chicago. But, I mean, hammer the Predators. <laughs> I, I just can't – you can't – if you have championship aspirations and you've been playing this poorly and you have your former player who's also playing poorly coming into the building with that extra motivation, if Nashville loses this game, they might miss the playoffs. I'll well, go out and say that. There was a, an article that, great quote from P.K. Subban on NHL.com yesterday, it's not too late to make a playoff run. Well, you know, I don't know if he's been watching the same team we've been watching, but that would be a total miracle. Yeah, I mean, I like, I've loved Subban his whole career, but, I mean, go and look at Cap Friendly, look at Taylor Hall's contract. I mean, with that situation going on, I just can't see it. Can't I can't either. It, I'm so jaded by this team. So yeah, don't don't be shy about throwing up triple digits on <laughs> the uh, on the Predators there on Saturday. Uh, real quick, DFS ping pong some players around for this Saturday, and then we'll um, put a bow on it. But we will have a little celebration, maybe a little singing. I don't know, maybe a little meditation for mm. our 200th review. That'll come after we throw out the DFS lineup. So why don't we start with Peter? For sure, that was a big accomplishment, guys. So yeah, I would go. Um, I like the way that Jamie Ben's playing. I would spend up for him against the Islanders. I know the Islanders had a big win as well, so I would tap into that defense. I like the confidence from Ryan Pulock. He's been chipping in some points lately. Get him on your blue line. Uh, Florida Panthers, it's a nice opportunity, like Rob said, to maybe stack Huberto and Barkov Mm -hmm. uh, just because everybody's down on that team. They could blow up against the Blue Jackets at home. Um, I mean, Maple Leafs at Blues. One guy I wanted to mention, David Perron. He's very expensive, but he's like a point-per-game player and very quietly top five in the NHL in power play points. Mm -hmm. So that's someone that you can view differently. David Perron was always like an injury-prone guy that you would uh, maybe stream in fantasy. He has looked more like an elite power play producer, and that could continue for the rest of the season. So maybe build your lineup around him. Uh, even though you like the Canucks, I like Ristolain in points in four straight games on defense for the Sabres. And, yeah, that's the core of my lineup for Saturday. Nice. So my lineup, I'm going All-American defenseman here, Quinn Hughes alongside Keith Yandel. Nice, nice. little duo there. From my wings, I love Matthew Kachuk on Saturday. Great spot for him. Mm-hmm. For Florida, I do like Sasha Barkov for my spend-up center. For wing choice, I do like the Vancouver Canucks. I'll triple down on that with Brock Besser on Saturday. And then one player I really want to say break free from the shackles here is Austin Matthews. I'm not ready to spend up for him in DFS, but he is due. He is. He We bumped him out of the top 10, but he could get back there in a, in a game or two. I'm excited to see him uh, put, put it together over the course of the season because during the coaching change and even a little before it, it's been uh, underachieving a little bit for Matthews. I know he's frustrated, too, with uh, the state of the team right now. It's going to be an understated celebration for the 200 because, quite frankly, we need to push for more. We need more listeners. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell whoever you see on the street at any time to listen to NHL Fantasy on Ice because we have the gambling picks. We got the DFS. We got the season long. But really, from my 
mouth to everyone's ears. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for clicking play. Thank you for the reviews. We all appreciate it. And we're pushing for more. I want a thousand reviews by Christmas. We got a couple weeks. Let's go. Set the, set the ceiling high, boys. Thanks again to all the listeners. Shout out to everybody that DMs me on Twitter every day. I love it. Keep it coming, guys. Yeah, keep it coming on Instagram, Twitter, all day, every day. And uh, another four-show week in the books, guys. Talking about aiming high. Four-show week, it. baby. Let's roll. Time Next for week, my more, court more appearance of the same. here, so got to go. Uh, yeah, Reese, Reese <laughs> has to show up. Reese, uh, a felony? What, I've been what's summoned. No You've jury duty, but okay, uh, be sure there. to reply to those uh, letters when they send them, boys, or else you're going to have to show up in person like me. Okay, well, it should be fun. Nothing like uh, showing up to court in New York City. <laughs> Brutal, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's rough. Great show, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All the listeners here on NHL Fantasy on Ice, thanks for listening. <laughs>